Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. A new season of No Credentials Required starts now. So good evening, everyone. Welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented proudly by Billy Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. And to my right, a man who got a little buck wild and crazy at New Year's. Well, that's a lie. He, he was pretty quiet. Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are you doing tonight? Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Happy New Year to you. And uh, new intro is great. The new the new song for how, when that drum beat kicked in, I thought I thought I was going to hear. We only come out at night. I thought I thought it was <laughs> you thought of man eater. <laughs> man eater. I thought it was. I was like, is this man eater right now? It was, it was pretty funny, but yeah, New Year's was low key. Happy New Year! How are you doing tonight? I'm ready to dive into football. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be a there's going to be a big topic of discussion this week, but we're still gonna we're still gonna recap Week 17. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. My New Year was good. Very quiet. I watched both college football semifinals. Probably some of the best college football. I've seen in a very, very long time. Two very good games. What am I, I'm a little jealous of my buddy Sean. Uh, he uh, he actually he and his girlfriend went to the Peach Bowl. Oh in wow! Atlanta. Like, she's a big Georgia fan, so oh, they got yeah. tickets and they watched Georgia come back from uh, from certain doom and being carried out on a pillar <laughs> at home, uh, basically. So it was a both were good games. I, I stayed at home. It was very quiet. Very quiet in an affair at home just chilling watching football and that's pretty much it so nothing really special nothing really big or or special yeah that's a good way to ring in the new year i think we're we're you and i without giving it away we are of an age where going out is not necessarily number one on our list for new years (laughs) Uh, but I will say I've heard nothing but great things about those college uh, football playoff games, and it almost it almost got me to want to tune in because, as you know, I'm not really not really college guy. But every once in a while, I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't have missed that one. But uh, instead, while I was bowling on Monday, I saw the 
the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions absolutely destroy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it the Utes? Yes. They were playing the Utah, Utes. The Utah Utes. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was supposed to be a better, it was supposed to be a much high scoring affair. I thought it was going to be high scoring, but apparently both defenses, in particular, Penn State's came to play. And you, you're, you all, I don't know if you saw the, the run for it, that the next Saquon Barkley had pulled off. Oh, 90, no, 88-yard run. It was spectacular. Wow. I must have been I must have been throwing a strike when that happened. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. So before we continue with tonight's discussion, just want to remind you about our social media channels right down here, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, and on YouTube, again, or at youtube.com forward slash at no creds re at no creds req if you're watching on facebook right now smash that like button smash it smash it good but <laughs> smash responsibly same thing on facebook if you're if you're watching on facebook live smash that like button too that way the algorithms make sure that we uh that they know about us and as always we want you to engage with the show so i'm gonna for the first time in 2023 i'm gonna play that majestic sound that's right folks just a gentle reminder engage with us during the show engage with us we want to get your comments we'll read them on the air if they're sufficiently awesome so we got a lot to talk about also on the audio side subscribe to the podcast we're actually moving our platform over to megaphone so we're not gonna be on speaker we're still gonna be on speaker but they're not gonna be our host we're gonna be on megaphone but you can always also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe there. Also, if you can, rate. Five stars is always preferred. And review if you can. If you leave a nice review, I might even read it on the air. So, Dustin, we got to get into our – before we get into Week 17, we have a recap of Week 17. we got to talk about uh, the status of DeMar Hamlin. Uh, second from defensive back for the Buffalo Bills, who suffered a traumatic injury on the field of play on Monday night, where it was a very scary situation. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play any videos. We, yeah. we people have seen enough of that. What was uh, your when you when that came up? What was your reaction to it? And you know, we'll talk about some of the other reactions to it, and some of the, actually also some of the outpouring of support that has come through for him since. Uh, since we uh, since this his accident happened, so what was your reaction when you initially heard about the news, or you first saw it on if you first if you watched it on TV, if you first saw it? Well, first off, I have to say I've never been so happy that I missed a section of football in my life. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I was driving home from the bowling alley. I was hoping I, I was kind of hustling because I wanted to see like most of this game if I could be. Because, uh, you know, it, I was getting ready for what we had hoped would be a very entertaining game. And I was listening to the first bit of the game on the radio as I was driving in the car. And when I got into my house and put my bowling ball away, turned on the TV, I saw all the players on the field. And I, and yeah. I said to myself, what happened? And then, obviously, it became very clear of what happened. And um, he had to be... I just couldn't believe because at first I thought, and I think I think what a lot of people thought. I initially I just saw the crowd of players on the field, and I said, "Oh no, somebody somebody's got a head injury, took took a very bad hit." Yep. And 
I and I also applaud ESPN for not showing replays. Um, yeah. I do. I do have to give them that because in today's society, some things that are common sense seem to sometimes escape people. And um, but I do applaud ESPN for showing decorum in that in in, in realizing the gravity of the situation and not showing the replays constantly of what happened. Um, so I did not see it. Uh, I only heard what happened after the fact. I was I was disturbed and I was shocked. And I sat there and watched the entire coverage because I was hoping for an update on his condition. That was the mm-hmm. main thing. When, when, when people said that, obviously, I did see the ambulance uh, leaving the field. Um, and when people said though, that they had to administer CPR and I did not realize for how long they had to do that. Yeah. Uh, not not only did they have to do CPR, but they also had to use the defibrillator too to shock his heart. That was was a scary part right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, um, and I think it was Scott Van Pelt who said, he said on the, on, on sports center, he said, you know, I've I've watched a lot of a lot of sporting events over the years. And he said, immediately, I saw the speed with which the medical staff was yeah. moving. And I and he said, I said to myself, something different is going on. This is this is this is bad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, first and foremost, it seems to be some positive reports uh, coming out that he's improving, and we can only hope that he continues to go in this direction. Uh, I will confess I did not know much about DeMar before this happened to him, unfortunately, but by all accounts, he seems to just be a wonderful teammate, a wonderful person. Um, Mike Tomlin came out and said some some very great remarks about the kind of person he was and that he's known DeMar since I think he said he was 12 years old and he's watched him grow up and everybody, everybody's pulling for him. 24 Mm -hmm. is, I mean, this is shocking to have happened to begin with and, and he's battling for his life right now. And, uh, and I hope he continues to go in, in the right direction, but I I was just shocked and constantly hoping for an update. Um, What was your initial reaction? Well, I, like you, I'm I'm glad I didn't see what happened because it's it sounded like it, it's from every indication it sounded as shocking. It it looked as shocking as what we could imagine, which yeah. is which is very tough. And you figure an injury in football, it's gonna, especially for a catastrophic injury, it's gonna take a while for the medical staff to get ready, not to get ready, but to to get go to get uh, to get on the field and but once you saw the ambulance come out you kind of knew something different was happening mm-hmm. i only yeah. saw the pictures of the ambulance i tuned in very very late because i was uh um because i was working on something something else i was working on something for tuesday uh which is why we're recording tonight as, a, as <laughs> going on our usual tuesday nights but I tuned in very, very late, and I, just as I'm tuning in, they call the NFL postponed the game. That's the uh, they're going to suspend it and discontinue it because I saw it because I got the notification on my phone. It says, "It says uh, this the game has been suspended." I'm like, "Hmm, suspended? Yeah. Okay, so it had to be weather. It has to be something like weather related or somebody, some yokels on the field running around." But no, nope, it was completely 
unexpected. We'll see what happened. And you see the 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 hot the hot takes from people online on social media. Really? Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard a lot of this uh, nonsense here. So people are blaming. People are want the NFL to continue the game. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't because yeah. no were, because if you were a player or a coach or anybody who was on the staff. You did not want to continue after seeing after witnessing what just happened. Between no. a man giving getting CPR and defibrillated on the field during it before you not I'm not playing. If, if that was me, I'm not playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. And and initially, and there's been a lot that's come out since. Um, but initially there was talk that Joe Buck had said they are thinking of resuming this game. And you see Joe Burrow warming up and, and things of that nature. And at that time, when I saw Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, and I, I applaud them both for yeah. trying to handle this situation. But when I saw them come together, what it looked like to me was that perhaps the NFL was thinking of resuming the game. And it looked like both the coaches said, uh-uh. And yeah. initially, initially, that's what I thought happened. Um, there's been other things that have come out now that Zach Taylor has come out and said that Sean McDermott came and told him, uh, I have to be at the hospital for DeMar. Um, I can't coach this game right now. The last thing I should be doing is, is coaching. And Zach Taylor agreed. Yeah. And um, it just shows that 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 these these men and these players and these teammates are human their their yeah. their first concern was demar's well-being as it should be anybody that was concerned about the football um the football game resuming or whether they're going to play it again at a later date or how it's going to impact the schedule none of that matters none no. of that matters and i if i'm a Bengals player or a Bills player, I don't think I could resume that game at any point. But no, no matter where, I think I think they should just let that game not be played. Um, I mean, but yeah, the people that were coming out, I I've really only heard of some of the blowback on. A lot of people are angry with Skip Bayless, and you know. <laughs> Well, uh, I think that's a little rush to judgment based on his some of his past things that he said. I don't think it was as demonic as people made it out to be. I think he might have just been asking a question, but still, perhaps people didn't know the gravity of the situation at that point. But yeah, there's been some people that wanted the game to resume and were angry that it didn't uh, have completely lost the plot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from what I understand, that one tweet that Skip yeah. Bayless had that set the whole world ablaze yeah. was a series of tweets that he had, just kind of thoughts, rambling thoughts about the game. Because yeah. at first, I guess his first tweet before he sent that one out was, was oh my, something's going on in Cincinnati. Yeah. Then he said, well. What are the implications? Basically, what are the implications? And then half hour later, he said he came out and said, "We've been playing. We've been praying for Demar. We mm -hmm. hope everything works out." Yeah. But then there's this, and I, I hate. Listen, I have a general rule when it comes to this kind of stuff. When yeah, like, about social media and all that, and commentators and whatnot. My my general rule is don't give the idiots more air than they're sucking up already. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but. <sighs> 
perhaps the hottest take from all this, and I mean this in a in a derogatory sense, was Bart Scott blaming T Higgins. Oh, the T Higgins had what nothing happened. to do with this. No, he. I had not. I, I had not heard of that, and I and I heard you know of all the good that's come out of this, both both Cincinnati fans and Buffalo fans showing yes. big support for Demar. Mm-hmm. Demar's charity receiving a, a ton of donations. All the teams coming out in the NFL and saying pray for Demar. Um, I forget who it was, but but somebody said, and I agreed with it. It said, uh, "In all your prayers for Demar and his family, throw a couple in for T. Higgins too. He's crushed. Absolutely. He's crushed that this happened. Mm-hmm. He had nothing to do with it. I, you know, I had not heard what Bart Scott said or did, but man, I just." That is unbelievable. How can you how can you blame anyone? It's very for this? it's very callous. And here's the thing with here's the thing with football. I've played football. I have friends who've played football. Football is a very dangerous sport. It's a collision. It's not somebody said it wisely a long time ago. I don't know if it was Dick Buckus or some football player who said it back in the day. Football is not a contact sport. It is a collision sport. Mm-hmm. Stuff like this happens a lot. You're going to have heavy collisions because these are g- yeah. guys who are very fast, faster than previous generations, oh, who are coming, who are hitting each other like like two cars had an, on- an oncoming collision. So, and again, it, it's you know Bart Scott. I respect him. He was a former New York Jet. He was there for the two years they got to the AFC Championship, but that was just a dumb take. Oh yeah, dumb yeah. take because again, like you said, you Dustin he's T Higgins has probably been through enough as it is. And there's people yeah. with the, there, and there's you know dirt bags out there and part of my part of my English for calling them that, but there's dirt bags out there who blame him. It's like, Oh, yeah. he should have never, he, he, he should have never did what he did. It was like, how can you help? It's, it's, no. a, it's a football play. This it's a football is a play that these guys are taking their lives into their hands every yes. single game. And from what I understand, and I am no expert, believe me. So if anybody wants to, uh, uh, tweet at me and say, hey, you're wrong about this after the show. Have at it. You know, I, I welcome to be educated. But from what I understand, this was a bang, bang timing thing that probably had to happen at the exact right moment. It's similar from what I understand. And this is what I could be totally wrong about. But to something that happened with a lacrosse player a few years ago, he was hit in the chest with a lacrosse ball and it was that it was between heartbeats. And, and unfortunately, if I'm remembering everything right, I think, I think that gentleman unfortunately passed away because of, and as a result of that, they have new pads now that are required in lacrosse to prevent this from, from happening. So, from my uh, my vague understanding of everything, this was a this was something similar to that where he had to be hit yep. in the exact right spot at the exact right time for this to happen. T. Higgins, or he had to be impacted because you know he he made the hit on on T. Higgins, but there was no T. Higgins has no fault in this. Obviously, Demar has no fault in this. No. no player expects something like this to happen in a game. They yeah. know what they're signing up for, and they know they they have to come to terms with certain things in their head because if you play the game tentatively, you're pro- you're probably going to get hurt. So they yeah. have to 
they have to be in a mental space where they're prepared for certain things to happen. But nobody yeah. is prepared or expects this heading into yeah. the game. Bart Scott, that is one of the most idiotic things I've ever heard. Yeah, and, and the thing is with with the sternum with the when it comes to football pads, there's not a whole lot of protection here. It's probably the it's probably the width of the cell phone mm-hmm. that the padding is. But I have yeah. a feeling that there's going to be. Yeah, there's going to be companies out there. They're going to be trying to improve technology, improve the improve the padding that can take impact. And the condition that was, and you were right, there was there was a lacrosse player who passed away in 2004, uh, who was struck on the chest. He, he died from commotio. Some, it's condition, not a condition, but the term is commotio cordis. When basically you are, you take a blunt force trauma right to the sternum. And like you said, it's in between heartbeats. So, um, so yeah, we're we're hoping for the best for Demar Hamlin. According to reports, he is he's steadily improving. He, his dependence on oxygen is steadily decreasing. He was a hundred percent when he was in the hospital, but I guess it's now down to fifty percent, which is actually a good thing. Yes, um, because that means he's improving and his vital signs are apparently stable. He is still sedated in intensive care. So you know. <laughs> we're you know both dustin and i we're both we're both he's got he's in our he's in our thoughts and our prayers and from what i understand is he had a gofundme campaign where he was trying to raise 200 two thousand five hundred dollars for a local uh charity and excuse me a daycare center to buy toys for that daycare center is in native pittsburgh i believe right now uh, i'll double check it was at last count like four and a half million dollars yeah i knew i knew that people were donating a lot you know uh, it's it's just to see people come together it's sad that it took something like this but i if if it, first and foremost i hope he continues to improve and if if some sort of good can come out of this it's things like that you know yeah. that can help you know yeah it's 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 actually i just i just looked at the website it's now 6.75 million dollars wow and you know what's funny is that I would say funny, but but I say good on him, Chris Jericho, the wrestler Chris Jericho. He he actually donated twice. You donated five thousand dollars twice, oh, but wow. the first time he donated, uh, it was as Chris Chris Jericho, C H R U S Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> so the goat, the, the Chris Jericho, the goat. Like we acknowledge you as the goat. Uh, thank you. For, uh, as, awesome that you donated and the yeah. fact that you misspelled your name the first time was was actually hysterical so yeah yeah <laughs> he's uh man i i remember not to get down the wrestling uh rabbit hole that's that's some that's another there's another podcast on this network for that <laughs> but uh yes there is yes there is Mar- main, main event marks go check it out <laughs> yeah but um Chris Jericho, I remember when he he had the, the he had the uh, feud with Dean Malenko in WCW, and, and Dean Malenko was the the man of a thousand holds, and and then and then <laughs> the Chris Jericho came out paper. And the list, and he was the man of a thousand and one holds, and like four of them were armbar. He just kept <laughs> I remember number five hundred sixty seven armbar. Well, we'll keep it light. we'll keep it a little lighter on here, but we're, we appreciate the, the people like we appreciate the wrestlers like just Chris Jericho. We're old school when it comes to that stuff, but he's still wrestling too. So yeah, you know, good for him at eight, at the right. I think he's fifty two years old. Good, he's still wrestling. Good for him. Sting, yeah. however, is like oh. sixty five and he's still wrestling. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So we're going to move on to the NFL week 17. We're going to talk about the rest of the week in the NFL. We've had some, you know, Monday night was a big, was a big to do, but yeah. And thankfully things are improving for Damar Hamlin, but we're going to go over to week 17. We're going to talk about our biggest upset. First off, as we usually do, we talk about the first thing we usually talk about is the biggest upset. And Dustin, I'm going to hang it over, hand it over to you. I think we're on the same page in the terms of the biggest upset. Biggest we, upset of the week seventeen for the uh, uh, for for you. We are we are on the same page for this one. It's it's got to be the Saints Eagles um, <laughs> Raiders Niners was in contention there for a little bit, but it was uh, it was indeed it, it is it is indeed the Saints Eagles. Uh, this I was I was shocked to see this score. <laughs> I. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that the Saints, I mean, the Saints defense, we know that the Saints defense has, they have some players on defense and they, they can, they're a sneaky good defense. I just, the Saints um, issue has been, to me, it's been twofold this year. Obviously they need a quarterback, but also if you notice Alvin Kamara has not been Alvin Kamara this year, he has by his standards um, struggled a bit. So uh, without that, uh, I was even more shocked that the Saints were able to pull this off against. And I understand. I understand that that Jalen Hurts was not in there. I know Eagles fans are going to be saying, well, well, our number one guy, he wasn't there. But still, in my opinion, um, your number two is good enough to beat the Saints with the weapons he has around him. And, and, and don't get me wrong. They, they, AJ Brown, he still, he had that long, that long touchdown. They, they still got some touchdowns in, but the, the Saints defense bent, but they didn't break and they were able to hold the Eagles down a little bit. And they, they picked off Gardner Minshew. If, if memory serves, was it, was it two INTs? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. One of the, uh, Marshawn Lattimore had a pick six that basically sealed the game for yeah. the Saints. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore, he's one of the best, he's one of the best corners in the game. Yep. Um, and I know we got some good young corners. I mean, Sauce is is probably number one right now. We got I'm gonna keep banging the Tariq Woolen drum. I'm gonna keep doing it. And then uh I don't this particular guy talks a little little too much for my taste, uh, but Jalen Ramsey, you got some good corners, and I would say Marshawn Lattimore. For me, he's either he's either one or one A in the in the league. He's very good. Yeah, yeah, and, and for me, it was also Saints Eagles uh, over the Eagles. Saints were playing like a desperate team because they still had coming into the game yeah, they, had they had a had very very small chance of winning the NFC South, and I had made a bold prediction that the Carolina Panthers were going to take the division. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the case because they could not contain. Mike Evans last week. Oh wow! And my condolences to every fantasy football owner who got Mike Evans last week. <laughs> yeah. I was not one of them. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that yeah, I was. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Saints played like a desperate team. The Eagles did not because the yeah. Eagles were. If the Eagles had won, they would clinch the number one seed in the NFC. In, in the NFC, they would hold home field hold home field advantage for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now they come into a game next week where they it's an absolute must win to, to keep home field advantage. But you're playing a team that you destroyed five weeks ago in the Giants who clinched their playoff spot. Yes, and they did. we discussed this on Snowman in the Morning on, on Monday. Uh, one of the co-hosts, I think it was either Cole or Playmaker, who said 
that the Giants were going to be resting some of their stars. I said, no, they aren't. They have long memories of that game from four, from five weeks ago mm-hmm. when they lost 48-22 in a game that the Giants were looking like they were not going to make the playoffs. But yeah. they, the Giants rallied. They destroyed the Colts like they should have. Yes. And Philly is now still kind of paddling water up until week 18. And it's supposedly Jamar, uh, not Jamar, um, uh, Jamal Jalen. Hurts is uh, Jalen Hurts, excuse me, yep. Yep. is uh, is going to come back this week to try to win the game for to try to cinch, clinch first place for the Eagles. I think the Giants are going to shock a lot of people. I think the Giants are going to win that game, um, just based on the fact that the Eagles. I, I don't know what's going on with that. I, I, the, they looked like world beaters mm-hmm. up to uh, up to about three weeks ago. In the last two weeks, they have looked mortal. You know what? To throw it back a little bit to last Tuesday, if you tuned in for the football the football roundtable, to me this bolsters Jalen Hurts' MVP case more uh, yeah. because people were arguing, oh, anybody could go in with those weapons and win. And listen, Gardner Minshew, we all love him. He's no slouch. We remember what Uncle he did Rico. in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, but clearly Jalen Hurts is a big part of why that team has looked so good. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's why he deserves the MVP a, a lot more than some people say. My Patrick Mahomes might uh, probably deserves it. I'm certainly certainly sure for uh, maybe for AFC or Offensive Player of the Year. But in my mind, Jalen Hurts is still the MVP because he's the most valuable player to this team, and we've yeah. seen it over the last two weeks. He makes them go. He does. He does. All right, we're going to move on to the next topic of discussion. As always, our biggest disappointment. Dustin, I'm going to let you go first because I'm probably going to go on an unhinged rant about my biggest disappointment. Right. You probably know what it is what it is already. I do, I do, but I, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll keep mine short. And let me just reiterate because it's been a theme for a number one a number a running number of weeks now. Ryan's making predictions. Half of them are coming true. Half of them are not. I'm still scared of the powers. The Jaguars are alive and it's looking better than ever. (laughs) But the Vikings, I don't hate the Vikings, but they are my biggest disappointment this week. If you specifically Kirk Cousins throws three interceptions If you want to be considered an elite team in the NFL, you cannot get waxed by a Packers team that scores 41 points on you. A lot of those defensively, by the way. Uh, And, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers, he went in, he did his thing. You got to give him credit. I don't know whether it's the ayahuasca, but he said, hey, I'm going to play as long as we still have have a chance. And he has. He has. They've looked better. But the Vikings, in my opinion, they should have they should have won that game. That's a game that you have to have. It's a that's a winnable game. Yes, and it's a divisional opponent. It's an opponent that that you kept alive in the playoffs by not winning this game. You, uh, you, it just you laid they laid an absolute egg. And I know there's going to be Vikings fans that come to me and say, look at their record. Look at their record. They're an elite team. And I'm going to say, look, love Dalvin Cook. You got one of the best receivers in the game, but your defense is horrible. You got that point differential. You you had 10 wins with a negative point differential. That doesn't happen. You had one of the craziest finishes against the Bills. 
like that I remember in recent memory to pull that game out. Yeah, there's just a lot of things. And the Jets, let's say what it is. The Jets took the Vikings to their limit. They should have beat the Vikings. Yeah, there was the Vikings are my biggest disappointment because, like I said, I want to see them do well. As a Seahawks fan who remembers what it was like to be one of the only teams in the NFL without a Super Bowl, the Vikings have gone to the Super Bowl, but it's been it's been a long time and they've had heartbreaking losses and I don't want to, I don't want to dredge them up, but I want to see the Vikings do well. And they just, I don't, they seem to be kind of spinning their wheels at the absolute wrong time. I said, I said on the football roundtable uh, show that the Bengals were getting hot at the right time. Yep. Minnesota is the opposite of that. They are, yep. they are spinning their wheels and that defense is bad. This is the worst 12 and 4 team I have probably ever seen. Thank and you. you could argue last year's uh was it was it 2020 or 2021's Pittsburgh Steelers that started oh, the year yeah. what 10 and 0, 11 and 0, got beat by Washington and kind of went on a skid since yeah, after I that. that. So I think it was the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers the worst I, I think it team was. ever. Yes. Yes, cuz cuz was 2020 Ben's last year? I can't remember. No, last season was Ben's. Okay, season. okay, yeah, that's right. Because he did. He kind of had that. He kind of had that season where you're like, how are they? How are they winning games? <laughs> like, yeah, th- and that was so. It was 2020 because I remember last year. You know, they it became clear that it was Ben Ben Roethlisberger. He was never my favorite player, but I always admitted that he was a great player. But he was he was far from the player that he was his last. Yep. His last, and, I'd say, and was always and was always a dependable quarterback in fantasy football. That's for sure. Yes, he was. <sighs> yes, he was. Well, but man, that's my biggest disappointment. But now I leave the floor to you. And a theme that is becoming all too common. I'm sorry, Ryan. The floor no, is yours. Oh my gosh. Well, at least Tyler Long's here to kind of calm my nerves a little bit. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Anyway, yep, my New York Jets, you disappoint me. You 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 always seem to find a way to disappoint your your fans in old or or in this case newer ways. Because you had 10 days, 10 days to prepare for this game. 10 days to figure out how you can beat the Seattle Seahawks. 10 days for the most important game over the last eight seasons where you're still alive in the playoffs coming into this game. And yet you didn't show up. You scored six points. You have scored no touchdowns over the last eight quarters against teams who, you know, no offense, Dustin. I, mean, yeah. I, know, I know you love your Seahawks and congratulations for winning the no credentials required Derby between <laughs> our teams. This is a team you should have scored at least one touchdown against. Same with same with Jacksonville. But this is what happens when you don't have a franchise quarterback. This is what happens when you have a guy who, sure, he might say I deserve, I probably deserve to be the number one pick, a, a, a number one pick for somebody in 2018, 18, 2018 draft or whatnot. But at the same time, it looks like he's still hurt. Yeah. And I've had this yeah. theory about Zach Wilson. I think he's still I think his knee is still bothering him. This is four quarterbacks the Jets have played the all seat this season. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, I understand Mike White gave you your best chance to win. Yeah. But you didn't. But you didn't. And now for the 12th straight season, you're at contention for the playoffs. And this season, you 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 could have shocked the world by going to the playoffs. You could have shocked the world and with a, the world-class defense that you have. But your world-class defense didn't look like a world-class defense against the Seahawks. You got run over for almost 200 rushing yards. Also, the offense had no game plan. No game plan whatsoever. Because they couldn't run the ball again. And the passing, Michael White's passes looked like Zach Wilson's for a short span of time. So the New York Jets, you got a lot to figure out in the offseason. Defense, don't change a thing. Yeah, you're building Don't it. change a thing. Although I would say there's two things you need to do for on the defense. Restructure C.J. Mosley's contract because it's too, it's too rich for a guy who's obviously looking like he, yes, he could be the captain of the team, but at the same time, you could see his speed starting to decrease. He can't cover running backs or tight ends like he used to. So take some of that money you can take from restructuring his contract. Give to Quillian Williams. Give him the bag. Give him the bag. Or for, or I have a feeling they're going to franchise him. Either way, pay the man. Pay the man. He deserves it. He's having an all-pro type season. On offense, you got a lot to do on the offensive line, which looked horrible, horrible against, against the Seahawks, against the Jaguars especially, and against the Lions. And figure out what's going on going on at quarterback. I wrote an article before the game on New Year's Eve about how the Jets could work their way to possibly acquiring Derek Carr. Hmm. That's what but, I was going to ask you about. But both Joe Douglas and Robert Saul have come out this week and say, "Yep, yeah, we believe in Zach Wilson. We believe in Zach Wilson. They become Zach. They become as as us Jets fans have come to tell to come to name these people as Zach Wilson truthers. But the fact of the matter is." Yeah, he's a developmental quarterback, but he still does a lot of things wrong that he did last year. And this year, he was supposed to take the leap. This year, he was supposed to take the leap. And I don't know if there, if there was the injury in preseason, the non-contact injury that kind of set him back or what, but you got to do something about the quarterback position. And yeah. do Joe Douglas, you have been a masterful, masterful at trading, at fleecing other teams, Seahawks included. But <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. And, and, even, on and, and yeah, and yeah. Also, thanks for the loss. Jamal Adams reemerged on social media to troll his to troll his former team. Yeah, so, listen, no, dude, for, for, you weren't you weren't playing. Sit yeah, down. Yeah, you didn't make a you didn't make a you didn't make, a, you didn't make any contributions in that game because you weren't even playing. Sit down. Yeah, his tenure as a Seahawk has been. Seahawk fans have been bitterly disappointed by <laughs> by that trade and I and I understand injuries happen and things happen but even even before that the brief time that he was playing I think he had a stretch of like the first 3 games when he came over from from the Jets after acrimoniously acrimoniously forcing his way out um he played really well but then after that, injuries piled up and things just – but the thing is when – you can't chirp. You can't chirp when you're hurt. And no. uh, not to interrupt, I will cede to you again, but I just – this game I thought was going to be a better game. I was yeah. – I thought it was going to be more competitive because mm-hmm. my Seahawks – my Seahawks after, after a surprising start, surprising everyone, including me, 
they've they've been a bit of a wounded animal. Their defense has been has been not great the last few games, and they really haven't been able to run the ball either. So as a result, Geno's forcing more throws, and that is not a good recipe. And we don't have we didn't have Tyler Lockett for this game. Arguably our best our best uh, receiver, and I would go so far as to say best offensive uh, weapon. He. He runs some of the most precise routes I've seen in the NFL. He, I, I will continue to say, and I think Tyler Lockett is underrated as a player because he plays in the Pacific Northwest and not a lot of people see his games. But this was a game that I thought the Jets could show up for, but I'm with you. I think, I think Mike White is still hurt, and I take my hat off to him for trying to come back. But, yeah, continue. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean – you you can't you, you can't win a game if you're if you're I mean listen the, the defense did its job Sauce Gardner did his job DJ Reed did his job they're the best I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say it. that that's the best corner tandem in the NFL right now DJ Reed Sauce Gardner they held DK Metcalf to one catch for three yards yeah you still lost by two scores. So you could, and I get it. Rubber Saul is a positive dude. You can, you can, you can do the positive stuff all you want, but eventually you're going to have to face facts. And I think next year, next year is going to be the, the, the mandate is playoffs. It's playoffs are bust. Joe Douglas's job's on the line. It's year five. Rebuilds should not take five years. And this is Robert Sala's third year. Oh, yeah. they could both be gone. If the Jets don't perform, if the Jets don't make the playoffs next year, they're both gone. So their jobs are on the line, basically. So yeah, New York Jets. I'm not just. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, as you can see from the byline below. <laughs> My biggest disappointment for Week 17. But we're gonna move on to much more positive things. One of them being the most entertaining game. And I'm gonna take this one. And I think we're gonna be on the same page here, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. 49ers Raiders. Wow, oh. what a game! What a game! Yeah, to me it was far and away the the pick this year this week for both. Uh, I mean, for obvious reasons. Yeah, so the Raiders coming in, they benched Derek Carr gets benched. His tenure in as a Raider is pretty much over. Whether they trade him or cut him, uh, either way, he's probably going to be gone from Las Vegas. But they put in Jarrett Stidham, uh, who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady in New England. That didn't work out. But he finally gets his first start in the NFL in his career, and he balls out. He balls out and has yes. 365 yards, three passing touchdowns, two of them to Devontae Adams, had a great game. And even though their record shows that they're not very good and San Francisco is very, San Francisco is very good, they took what the hottest team in the NFL and took them to the limit. They took them into overtime. And to me, that just spells excitement right there because it's not only that, but it's also a high-scoring game. Oh, it's yeah. It's 34-34 at the end of the regula- regulation. Yeah. And that, that's just an awesome – it's just – that spells fun for me. <laughs> it was, and I started – and and unlike most Seahawks fans, I don't hate the Niners. I don't, I don't love them, but I don't hate them. And uh, they are a division rival, and I always want to beat the Niners, but I started rooting – for the Raiders, like a crazy person in this game because you you couldn't help it. You're like, oh my god, they're they're gonna do this. They're gonna, you know some of the throws that Jared Stidham was making 
uh, pardon the expression, but they were ballsy throws. He was letting it out there. He yeah. was playing yeah. with he was playing with uh, confidence. Devontae Adams, a lot of people wondered. They were like, oh, is Adams going to sulk now that his best friend is benched? And the, the, it's the whole reason that he came to the Raiders is the connection that he had with Derek Carr. He was playing his heart out for Jared Stidham, 153 yards at the end of regulation, two touchdowns, that mm-hmm. that crazy 45-yard grab that he made uh, where he got under the ball, snagged it with one hand. The, um, whoever was covering him on the Niners was doing a great job covering him, but you, you can't do anything about a catch like that. And to no. Stidham's credit, he put it exactly where only Devontae could get it. And and. He was making these tight throws. He's doing all these things. And I was rooting for him. And he he is also, he far and away had the most surprising performance. The stat that blew me away that I heard on Red Zone when I was watching the game, they said that Jarrett Stidham, Jarrett Stidham is the first quarterback this season to score points against the Niners defense in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. No other team had done that this entire season, and the Las Vegas Raiders do it to to tie the game. And then Robbie Gold misses that field goal, and it sends the game to overtime. I was rejoicing because we were going to get more football. Free football, baby. (laughs) Now, now, you know, obviously Jarrett Stidham did throw the pick in overtime, and it allowed the Niners to, uh, you know, they got a chip shot field goal for the win. But they – they squeaked by. What a game this was. I was I was on the edge of my seat. And the whole time yeah. I'm thinking, are the Raiders gonna do this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had Sam I, I in the Godzilla Media League, I had San Francisco's defense active. And oh. I was I was worried for a little bit, but yeah. and they got that extra turnover and in, in, in overtime. I'm like, all right, we're doing all right. So oh, by the way, I, I am the official, I believe. As of last night, I am the official winner of this year's Godzilla Media League. So, oh, congratulations! Yeah, even with the we listen, Levac had one had Josh Allen in his lineup. I had uh, Joe Burrow and Tyler Knox in my lineup. And oh man, I had I had scored before the whole everything went down. Demar Hamlin, yeah, I was up. So, so I don't know how it's going to finish, but uh, we got a text message last night that uh, guy said. I'm just going to declare a co-winner and I make it a joke. I'm like, are, are we going to share the belt? Like, am I going to get custody of it? Cause I want to wear it to church. <laughs> <laughs> Levac said, look, listen, I want to win it. If I want to win it outright, Ryan was ahead. Ryan wins the league. And I'm like, All well, right. Oh, thanks Levac. That's very, very gracious of you. So yeah, yeah I'm the go. 2000. I am the 2021 uh, Godzilla media fantasy football champion. Well, congratulations, and I hope to see an appearance uh, by the belt on a future show. Oh, you will. Oh, you will. You will, my friend. All right. We're going to come back in just a moment with our most noble performance, the hottest individual take of the week, and the updated NFL playoff picture. But first, this word from our friends at Invader Coffee. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. 
They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. Get yourself some premium quality coffee. Link is in the description. Our affiliate link is in the description. You're helping the show by not only clicking the link and using our affiliate page, but you're also saving some money using belly up, belly up, in the in the comment in the in the uh, in promo the code promo box. code as a promo code. Thank you, Dustin. That's a promo <laughs> code, and you save yourself fifteen bucks off your order. Get yourself some premium coffee. I'm I'm almost out of my I'm I'm down to i think my last couple of uh scoops of bad santa and they still have it they oh, still have it on their website gonna so re-up <laughs> gonna re-up get some more bad santa i'm actually gonna try the uh jolly java too i haven't i didn't get a chance to try that i'm not sure if you've tried that yet dustin but i i have um, it was part of my uh holiday you know the the holiday box that they had yeah. uh i've enjoyed that so far my i haven't opened the bad santa yet i opened the jolly java and i opened the uh the, the snickerdoodle flavor. Cookie crumble. Uh, yeah, cookie the crumble. cookie crumble. I, I don't know why the name escapes me, but they've got the abominable <laughs> snowman on the bag. It's great. You do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the Jolly Java I enjoyed as well. It's very good. All right. So I'm going to get myself some Invader coffee because I'm almost out. But again, links in the description on both the Facebook page and on the YouTube link. And again, use promo code BELLYUP. Get 15% off your order. Get yourself some coffee and you help the show. All right, so we're moving on. Week 17's most notable performance. As I mentioned, Jarrett Stidham, Stidham, first NFL start, 23 of 34, 365 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, one of them being, I would arguably say, that, that led to the dagger of the Raiders' upset bid not happening, but still... Yeah. What a performance. Yeah. What a performance. He was he was my pick for exactly the, I wrote down the same stats in my in my black notebook here that I that I uh uh have with me when I'm watching the games. And if people see me taking the notes, they probably feel like I'm I'm Russell Crowe from Beautiful Mind, just scrambling stuff. Steve <laughs> says hey. <laughs> hey, what's going Thanks, on? Steve. Appreciate you watching. But uh yeah, Jared Stidham is my pick as well. To me, he was there were there were some players that did some great things this week, but Jared Stidham was the pick for me. He really yeah. exceeded expectations in every possible way. And let me just say that he is by this performance, he is the best Belichick drafted backup for Brady, the, to my knowledge. Because let me tell you, the, the with it, with the exception of Brian Hoyer, the record hasn't been uh, too great. A lot of those New England backups see that that Matt Castle, some of that Bill Belichick um, uh, magic. Anybody remember Ryan Mallett? I do. Yeah. Supposedly, supposedly a real rocket scientist once walked into a final and said out loud, who's got a Scantron for Ryan Mallett? Real scholar, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess Mac Jones isn't actually exactly working out too well right now either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I. I should. I should. All right. I. I rescind my opinion on the on the uh, post Brady quarterbacks. Mac Jones. It's too early. It's too early. <laughs> true. Well. 
I guess I guess when you when you have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge sharing the play calls, it's a little <laughs> squiffy. Three headed monster. Three headed monster of play callers. Ugh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually know somebody who said the Pats are going to beat the Bills by fourteen this week. Uh I don't know. No, I don't. No. I don't think. So. If you don't think the Bills are going to come out swinging on Sunday yeah. after what happened on Monday. You must be outside your mind if they're not going to come out swinging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Bills decide to play, because apparently they, the Players Association said they're, and the NFL have said that they're going to let Sean McDermott and the and the Bills uh, players dictate their comfort level with the with the NFL schedule. But yeah, the Bills, if they decide, if if they're playing, if that game happens, they are they are going to be motivated. Yep. <clears throat> they're not only going to be motivated to win that game and try to get to the number one seed, but they're also going to be motivated to get the Patriots out of the playoff picture. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the playoffs and the hot and hot takes, our hottest individual takes from this week. Dustin, I'm going to have you lead off as to what is your hottest individual take from week 17? All right. Well, regular listeners of the show, Ryan had to do it last week. I have to do it this week. In an earlier show, I said, hey, should Ron Rivera be considered for coach of the year because he had the guts to switch to Taylor Heineke? I have to rescind that now because guess what he did? He cost his team a playoff spot potentially. Now, now their grip on the playoffs was tenuous at best, but there's a lot of teams that still have a chance to make the playoffs heading into last week. And my Seahawks need a lot of help to possibly make the playoffs, but hey, they're still in it. They're still in the hunt. But Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera decided to go back to Carson Wentz. And I and I don't understand why. If you had the if you had the guts to bench him in the first place and put Taylor Heineke in there, and I get Taylor Heineke wasn't exactly lighting up the room. But it it has to do with the contract that you gave Carson Wentz in the offseason. That's that's my only that's my only uh, uh, rationale because they didn't they didn't draft Carson Wentz. It's not like the GM and coach are tied to Carson Wentz in any way. He was drafted by the Eagles, not the not the Commanders. Is it they the Commanders didn't invest high draft capital in him? But it's got to be that the I guess it's I guess they wanted to see what they had. Maybe they felt like he gave them the best chance to win that game. But to me, in the in the in the the bits of that game that I saw, the team looked deflated with Carson Wentz in there. They just don't, they just don't play with the same fire as when Taylor Heineke is in there. Taylor yeah. Heineke, for better or worse, is the one that gave you a chance to get in the playoffs. You should have stuck with him. It would have shown real guts. And as a result, Ron Rivera, I know you're watching. Uh, shout out! Uh, but I have to rescind my Coach of the Year uh, considerations now. You're not you're not going to get the Coach of the Year award from me because to me, you undid all of the guts that you showed and everything that you're like. You know what? Carson's not performing. We're going to put Taylor Heineke in there. We're going to see what happens. We're going to ride the hot hand. Well. well- Carson Wentz broke his finger. That's why Taylor Heineken went in the lineup. Yeah, that's right. The injury, and he and he decided to he decided to stick with Heineken after Wentz came back. That's right. I stand I stand corrected. So, 
But Ron Rivera, you cost your team a playoff spot, in my in my opinion. They clearly that team clearly has a chemistry, a different chemistry when Taylor Heineke is in there. Yeah, and and what's what's interesting is that they were they were in contention for a playoff spot. They actually were eliminated after that loss to Cleveland. Yeah. And someone asked him about it, and he said, "We were we were I didn't know we were in playoff contention." You had to have known. Yeah, yeah. Come on, (sighs) it's unbelievable. Either he's being, either he's being obtruse, or he's, or he just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. Um, And and previously, I had given him major props for coaching the team uh, while dealing with the tumult surrounding that organization. I still give him major props for that. I, I make no bones about it. I just like Ron Rivera as a coach. Uh, but this, to me, this decision baffled me going back yeah. to Wentz. I don't understand yeah. why. Well, you do have one supporter in the audience, Kevin Kevin Wilson from uh, uh, Belly Up Fantasy Sports. He says, spot on, Dustin. And yeah, well, absolutely. Thank Agreed. you, sir. <laughs> Agreed. So my hottest individual take of the week is that if Tennessee loses on Sunday, I lose on Saturday, excuse me, they were playing on Saturday night. This is the game so that they'll decide the AFC South. If they, if the Tennessee Titans lose on Saturday night, I think Mike Vrabel's have a job on Black on Black Monday. Because coming into week 11, they were seven and three. They were running away with the AFC South. Yeah. Coming into this game, and again, my, my squirrely prediction might come true. I know. I'm still afraid. <laughs> I'm still afraid if it happens. My, my clairvoyance knows no bounds. Um, if they, But they've gone on a historic slide. A historic slide. I haven't seen a slide like this in a very long time. They have lost six in a row. They're sitting at seven and nine. One game behind the Jaguars. They could actually still eke out a playoff spot if and only if the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Steelers all lose on Sunday. Yeah. If they and if they lose, they can still clinch a playoff spot at seven and, and seven and ten. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So regardless, if Mike Rabel and the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans don't win on, on Saturday, I think he's out of a job on Monday. They've already fired their GM and I know you can't help it. They have a laundry list of injuries to important positions. Wide receiver being one of them, quarterback being one of them, offensive line defense. They have a laundry list of injuries, but in this, in this industry, in this uh, sport, it's always next man up. Yes. You're only as good as the next man up and I don't know whether there's coaching. I, I know they've lost a, uh, quite a few close games. They got beat. They were upset by Texas, the Texans, a couple yeah, weeks the ago. Texans. Yeah. They, but I mean, every single, with the exception of the Philadelphia game and the Jacksonville game that they had a stinker at home, every game has been a close loss. And again, also, I forgot, also against Dallas, they weren't, they weren't really in that game to begin with either anyway. I think Mike Vrabel is going to be out of a job if he loses on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could be right. I, I liked, I liked Mike Vrabel when he first started coaching in Tennessee. Um, but as you astutely pointed out, it is a next man up league because 
as I said before, I am no 49ers fan, but look at their injury history in recent years and look at where they finished. They're still they're still competing for an NFC West title or a playoff spot every year. And they've had injuries to well, even this year they had injuries to their starting running backs at one point. They lost their they lost their quarterback in week two of the season. They had Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo come in, and then he goes down. Now you're down to Brock Purdy at quarterback. Uh, they've played stretches without what I would argue is their leading wide receiver in Debo Samuel. Yep, and and it just Kyle Shanahan has that team winning throughout it all. And over the over the past couple of years. They've had as many injuries as anybody, so you can't just hang your hat on the, well, we had a lot of injuries, you know. Um, in this league, it is next man up. Yeah, and the and the fact that the 49ers had the, one of the best defenses in the NFL, arguably the best defense in the NFL. Yes. Uh, it helps. Having them in the spot, it does help. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Mike and Mike Berlin, I'm going to address Mike Berlin's contract Th- from Craft Brew Sports. Mike, thanks for watching. I appreciate you. He says, I think the injuries is the only thing that buys him one more year. Uh, possibly, possibly. Mm-hmm. But again, they fired their GM uh, at the beginning of the Dece- at the beginning of December, which tells me, which is an indicator. It uh, tells me that Mike, uh, that Mike Vrabel's next. And like I said, it's next. It's a next band up league. You have to perform. And they didn't perform this year. They didn't perform. They put. They stuck in a rookie quarterback who, <laughs> I believe, in the Kansas City game, he had the least amount of yards ever for a starting quarterback in a game for a rookie. So, and the fact that the defense kept them in the game was amazing. But yes. yeah, it, it's but it's it's a next man up league. And I and I also I don't know if Mike Vrabel has lost the room when it comes to his message because. You can't be on this historic of a slide and still want to play week after week. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a demotiv. It's a de- it's a demo. It's a it's a demotivator. It's the six losses in a row is not exactly the best motivator. Sure, I mean getting paid. Yeah, but that's a big. Yeah, that's a big motivator. You're still getting paid, but at the same time, you want to win and get paid. Yeah, and, and I know on that kind of a slide out of first place, it's. Most coaches don't survive that kind of a slide, mm-hmm. Regar- yeah. regardless of injuries or poor play. You don't survive. You don't survive a, a six-game losing streak, pot- potentially seven-game losing streak. Yeah, yeah, and it, and you're a hundred percent right about the the demotivating factor. I mean, to me, uh, to me, I mean, obviously we're a football show, but I always thought the baseball season, if you're playing. Like all those years when the Orioles were just, you knew they weren't going to have breakfast. Yeah. You knew they weren't going to have a chance to compete in the AL, in the AL East, uh, in, you know, coming out of spring training. Imagine being on the Baltimore Orioles in a game in like July 10th and you're, (laughs) you know, and you're, and you still got like a couple months left of the season and you're just, I get it. They get paid to p- play a game and it's, and Oh, you know, they don't, they don't have to really work or whatever, but they're playing sports because they want to win. The money yep. is a motivating factor, but they're playing sports because they love the game and they want to win and they're competitive. And yep. yeah, it just, yeah. And, and, and coming back tough. to your, 
coming back to your baseball analogy, look what happened with the Philadelphia Phillies last year. They fired Joe Girardi at the end of May. Mm-hmm. They go on a tear in September, and they go all the way to the World Series. Oh yeah. So and with, with Robbie Tom with Robbie Thompson. So, yeah. His, and, he, and he earned himself a and he earned himself a contract too mm-hmm. after that after that run. That's still one of the most shocking runs because I remember, yeah. you know, dismissing the Phillies mentally because I, I play fantasy baseball. I don't follow baseball the way I used to, um, partially because of the sheer volume of games. And also, I'm a Yankee fan. If I feel like watching the Yankees, I can I can turn it on any time. I'm much more passionate about my Seahawks because the season is shorter and also mm-hmm. I don't get to see their games as much. So it matters to me a little more. Um, but – I mentally dismissed the Phillies in in May after that Girardi firing. I was like, well, they're they're going to be continuing to rebuild, and now they have to do it under a new regi- regime. And then, you know, I I checked the records like near the near the trade deadline. And I'm like, what the hell happened? You know, it's one of those <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... You know, baseball's coming up. Spring training is going to be next month. Uh, pitchers and catchers report, I think, six weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, we'll like, do some baseball maybe, maybe this season. We'll pay some more attention to it. But we're going to move on, and we're going to close up the show this week by going to our updated for now NFL playoffs <laughs> and draft pictures. So Ooh. let's start off with the playoffs, and here's where we are in terms of the playoffs. Playoffs. Um, playoffs. <laughs> right now, the can and the American and the AFC, you have the Chiefs in first, uh, and as a number one overall seed. Uh Buffalo, followed by Buffalo, Cincinnati. Jacksonville currently sits at the four seed as the leader in the AFC South. Then you have our two wild cards already clinched with the Chargers and the Ravens. Chargers have the five seed. Ravens had the sixth seed, seven seeds still up for grabs. And actually, I was wrong about the Tennessee Titans making the playoffs. I, my, my bad on that. Oh. But you have three teams that could potentially make their way in. Uh, New England currently, currently sits in seventh, sits in the seventh spot, followed by Miami, followed by Pittsburgh. If New England wins on Sunday, which I doubt they need, they need to win or they need Pittsburgh and Miami to lose. Yeah. Or or they need both those teams to lose and they get they get in the playoff based on uh based on pers- based on uh tiebreakers. Dolphins win, they're in if New England loses. Pittsburgh needs both Miami and New England to lose and they need to beat Cleveland in order to get in order to sneak into the playoffs, which I didn't see this coming. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I didn't I- see this coming. I got to take my hat off to Mike Tomlin. Um, the Steelers are not my favorite team because of one Super Bowl game, and yes, I am still bitter about it. Um, <laughs> I felt that that was the the uh, the the Jerome Bettis retirement uh, gift was the the referees in that game, and I still. Mike Holmgren apparently said to one of the refs before that game, "I hope the game's not too big for you." Why did you do that, Mike Holmgren? Why did you do that? <laughs> but anyway, got to take my hat off to uh, to Mike Tomlin. I wrote off the Steelers immediately, and I'm just like, they're they're this is not their year. And the fact that he has them with even an outside chance of making the playoffs, I think, speaks volume to their defense, 
speaks volume to his coaching style, speaks volume to that he inspires his his players to play. Um, they do have some young talent. They've got the the picket to pickens connection, or maybe yep. I have it reversed. I I always get those two crossed. No, up. you were right. You were right. But uh, yeah, I did not see this coming either. No, and if they, if, which is funny, if they if they do lose, they, if Cleveland does beat them on Sunday, that will be Mike Tomlin's first losing record. Yeah, as NFL head coach, as an NFL head coach. So yeah, lots happening, and we don't know what's going to happen. The Cincinnati, the two and three is yeah. still in the air. We don't know who's going to be two and who's going to be three. We don't know what the situation is. If it's going, to, if it's going to be called, if they're going to resume that game like on a Wednesday, like after the season ends, we don't know if it's going to be called a no contest. We don't know if it's going to be seven to three uh, Bang- Cincinnati. If it's going, to, if it's going to be yeah. the game being called, we don't know what the situation is right now because of Demar Hamlin. So. I mean, to me, if they call if they call it a no contest, Buffalo is definitely that game won't count. It won't count in the standings, yeah. and Buffalo will be the two seed with Cincinnati being the three seed. But whoever wins the seven seed, your 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 reward is playing either Buffalo or Cincinnati, depending on what happens with this uh, with the with the results. So uh, I, I don't envy who's going to be in the seventh who's going to be in the seventh seed. That's for sure. No. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the NFC current status. We have Philadelphia. It's the one seed, 13-3, and three, San Francisco and Minnesota right behind them. Actually, San Francisco is a two seed right now based on winning percentage and conference games, followed by Tampa Bay as a four seed, Dallas at five, Giants at six. They've all clinched their playoffs playoff tickets. Right now, the seven seed is currently Seattle. They have the tiebreaker against Detroit. And they have a better winning percentage over Green Bay in terms of uh, uh, I don't know this is really strange. Yeah. Win tie win tie over Detroit based on head to head division tie was initially used to eliminate Green Bay. Detroit wins the tie break over Green Bay based on head to head percentage. Okay, so coming into right now, I mean Seattle. I don't I forgot who they play on Sunday, uh, but Detroit and Green Bay Sunday night. Who would have thought you would see Detroit in a primetime situation? Man, I'm happy about that. I Especially this late in the season, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this – I can't remember – well, at least the last time, I think Calvin Johnson was still suiting up for him. So yep. it's been a while. Yep. And it Seattle's playing the Rams. Yes, they are playing the Rams. I just looked it up here. Far be it from me. I, I should know their schedule backwards and forwards, but hey, <laughs> can't keep yeah. it all up here. So so right now, here's the situation. Situation for because uh, even the AFC NFC East is still in the balance too because if Dallas beats the beats the Commanders on Sunday and the and the Eagles lose to the Giants, Dallas I believe wins that division. I. I believe you're right because I believe they they still have a shot at the title. So and, yeah. and I think Sam, if that happens, I think San Francisco is going to win the two seed because they actually they actually have the tie break based on based on best winning. I'm looking at the page right now. Uh, San Francisco owns the tiebreaker over Minnesota based on win percentage and conference games. So if San Francisco wins and Minnesota beats Chicago. Uh, and Philadelphia loses to the Giants, Dallas might win that division based on them beating Washington. So the th- so the so it would be 
San Francisco at the one seed as the one seed, Minnesota as a two seed, Dallas as a three seed, Tampa at four, Philly at five, Giants at six, and whoever wins the seventh seed uh, faces uh, either Philadelphia. I think they'd say they would face Philadelphia. They would face Philadelphia because Philadelphia beat Minnesota earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So. Lots to do. This weekend's going to be a crazy weekend in the NFL, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I honestly, I'm kind of dreading the the Rams game because you look you look at that and you think, oh, Seattle's going to get this. But Seattle, the Rams always play Seattle well, even in the years where Seattle was a juggernaut and, you know, and the Rams were not doing so well the Rams would play out of their minds and, and, and give Seattle fits. So I'm just, I, I think I have like PTSD from those. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of dreading and I know, I know, Hey, it's an outside shot, but um, as of like you were saying right now, if the season ended, they're in, if they, if they get in, I will root for them heartily, but man, the game that I'm really going to be watching is that Detroit Green Bay game because if yeah. Detroit somehow makes it in, I will be very happy. Yeah. I will just, I will just be happy. Much, much like Detroit's one of those teams, as my uncle once astutely put it, Detroit's one of those teams that has been bad for so long, and you've watched them on Thanksgiving lose on Thanksgiving for so many years that you just kind of want to see them do well. Because they're one of the they're one of the landmark franchises in the NFL. You know, they they you want to see Detroit have a stretch where they do well. So I'll be I'll be thrilled. I'll be watching that Detroit Green Bay game. Yep. Yep. So now we move over to losers bracket. I mean the playoff, the, the draft order. Uh, <laughs> so once the clock strikes midnight, barring anything weird happening uh this weekend. Uh, once the clock strikes midnight on Sunday, February 12th, the Houston Texans will be on the clock at, at currently they're two 13 and one. If they lose one more game, they'll be guaranteed the top overall spot in the draft order followed by Chicago and Dustin, uh, your Seattle Seahawks <laughs> are the number three seed. Yes, now, thank you, Denver. Thank you. There is a number of there are a number of scenarios. I think they're gonna. I think, I think based on draft order projection, I could see them picking C.J. Stroud as their future quarterback. And based on what I saw on Saturday night and the Ohio State Georgia game, mm-hmm. you're gonna get a hell of a quarterback. <laughs> I hope so. I hope. I would. So. I would encourage you to watch the Ohio State Georgia Georgia highlights, even though Ohio State lost. He that guy CJ Stroud put the Buckeyes on his shoulders. It almost won the game for for them. Mm-hmm. So I I would be encouraged uh, just from watching those highlights that you're going to get yourselves unless Pete Carroll changes somebody's mind up top. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is going to be your quarterback in the future. So my opinion, I could be wrong. We'll we'll see what happens come late April in Kansas, hey, in Kansas City. I'm telling you, if if Jacksonville comes back and wins the AFC South, then I'm going to book it. I'm going to say, okay, C.J. Stroud is the future quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) Unless Bryce Young somehow messes up on pro day and winds up falling out. It could be, it could be one of those two. It could be Bryce. It could be 
Bryce Young. It could be C.J. Stroud. It could be one of those two quarterbacks that Seattle is going to take at number three. Yeah. So going on, and this is currently, so we don't know what's going to happen come Sunday. We'll we'll see what happens come Sunday. Uh, We'll see if the draft order has changed. So number four is Arizona. Number five, Indianapolis. Number six, Detroit. Thanks to the LA Rams. Yeah. Number seven, Atlanta. Number eight, Las Vegas. Number nine, Carolina. Number 10, Philadelphia by New Orleans. So great job there, New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> For, you, you wanted Chris Olave that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, who, who, ten, in his defense, he looks like he's going to be a, a potentially a star in this yep. league, but still. <laughs> you, you, need a, you need the right quarterback to throw to him. Uh, AJ, yeah. uh, <laughs> Andy Dalton. Or uh, Jameis Winston, that's uh, they're they're not it. They're not it. Uh, currently at eleven is Tennessee, followed by Houston via Cleveland, then the New York Jets, Washington, and then Washington. So, right now, that's the top fourteen. We'll find out who the draft order is for for through eighteen at the end of Sunday's games. Uh, actually, Miami's pick is forfeited because of the tampering situation with the, with um, uh, Deshaun yes. Jackson. So they forfeit their they forfeit that pick. So uh, this draft order is going to change and uh, I'm kind of on a I'm kind of on a streak here with predictions. I think the Jets will I think the Jets will lose on Sunday and the lineup being back in the top 10. <laughs> no. This is because we oh my god. They were I just think about um, two months ago, they were six and three and now they're might be in the top 10 for the draft again. So it's like, Oh my God. But anyway, so that's your updated for now NFL playoff and draft picture. We're going to wrap things up uh, right now for, we're going to wrap things up uh, for this week, but just want to remind you before we go to go to our social media pages here down below. If you're watching on the, the visual side. If you're watching on the visual side on replay, thanks for watching. We really do appreciate it. But if you're listening, you can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, and YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. Subscribe on the audio on the podcast side. Subscribe. Megaphone will eventually be our home base, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, wherever you have your preferred podcast platform. And while you're there, leave a rating. Five stars is preferred. And if you leave a review, I might even read it on the air. Dustin, before we close out, got anything else to add? No, I just uh, enjoyed the show as always. And uh, looking forward to the football on, on Saturday. I do love these Saturday NFL games. I'm not going to lie. I, I love having them because then you, you get to watch football and you don't have to wake up the next day and go to work bleary eyed because you stayed up till fast midnight to watch the Sunday night football game. <laughs> I actually, I actually wound up, I actually wound up requesting the day after the Super Bowl off today. Uh, oh, perfect. Work. Which is what's funny is that my team lead comes. I send her I send the email to my team lead, and all of a sudden I get a message from my team lead saying, "Ha! I know why you're requesting that day off." <laughs> I go, "Yep, you read my mind." And I usually take that weekend off anyway, so I just yeah. get fr- I just couldn't get that Friday off, but I'll get uh, Monday okay. off. Yeah, that's you know? that's the important one, you know. Yes, that's absolutely. The one. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thank you for watching or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need 
a press pass to talk sports. As always, we are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. We will talk to you next Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern, to go over the final week, we think, of the NFL (laughs) for the 2022 season. Good night, everybody.